We continue today with the fifth of the seven lectures on Parshas Tetzaveh. We begin Hamishi and we'll continue until Shishi. Yesterday we learned of the whole process of the installation of the Kohanim, which had several important components, one being the preparations of the Kohanim themselves, that is, Aaron and his four sons, their immersion in the waters of a mikvah, their putting on the clothing appropriate to each of them, they're becoming anointed, or at least Aaron's becoming anointed with the Shemen HaMishcha, with the special anointing oil. And then the various Karbonos which have to be brought. The Karbonos were three, four perhaps, three being the Par, the bull, which was basically a Karbon Chatos, a sin offering. The first Ayel, which was a korban ola, was completely consumed, burnt upon the Mizbeach. The third component being the second aisle, the second ram, which we will deal with today. And the fourth component being the various breads which were enumerated. Now, we go, yesterday we went into detail about everything up until the second ram. And now we're going to learn about the second ram. You should take the second ram. ram. Here again, as with the poor, the verb v'somach is in the singular, so that the Mephorshim say that here, Aharon and his sons did the process of smicha, meaning they pressed down with their hands upon the neck of the animal individually, consecutively, one at a time. By doing this, by doing the process of smicha, of laying of the hands, they are declaring that, that they are the ba'alim, they are the owners uh, of the sacrifice. The sacrifice is now attributed to them. And you should slaughter this ram. And you, Moshe, because what we must realize, and perhaps I did not make this clear enough previously, that although normally, for all time and eternity, the only individuals who can perform these various tasks of sprinkling of the blood, etc., are the Kohanim, are descendants of Aharon. However, in this procedure, Moshe acted as the Kohanim. So Moshe is told he should slaughter the isle. None Kohanim can also do the act of slaughtering the animal. But you, Moshe, should take from the blood and place it Rashi explains that the Tanuch refers to the middle 
cartilage, hard cartilage of the ear. And that's where it should be placed, on Aaron and on his sons, their right ear. V'yalbohen yodom hayemonis, their right thumb. V'yalbohen raglom hayemonis, their right big toe. Obviously, doing that only used up a small amount of the blood. The rest would be sprinkled upon the Mizbeach Soviv. We already explained that Soviv means to put, sprinkle the blood on diametrically opposite sides of the Mizbeach. So that all the walls are at least touched with the blood. The Mephorshim stress that although we do not necessarily have to know the meaning or the symbolism of everything here, but here the symbolism is quite obvious. And Rabbi Avram ben Harambam, the Rabag, the Tziv, go into some detail about the symbolic significance of the blood being smeared upon the ear which listens upon the hand which acts, upon the feet which walk. Velokachto, the second step now is, Velokachto min hadom asher al Now you want to take some of that blood. Umishemen hamishcha, and some of the anointing oil. And here, Ibn Ezra says that the um, blood and the oil were mixed together. Ramban has his doubts about that. But it would seem that they were taken either mixed together or taken simultaneously, the blood and the oil. And they were sprinkled on Aaron and upon his clothing and upon his children and their clothing. So here we do find that there was Shemen HaMishcha applied to the sons of Aharon, although it doesn't seem that they were anointed with the oil. Rather, <coughs> there was a process of hazo'ah, of sprinkling of the oil. Something rather unusual. He and his clothing, his sons and their clothing with him were now sanctified, were now made special. Now we have this uh, a dead animal in front of us. Here is how it is now sectioned off. You are to take from this ayel the fat. Rashi says this is the chelev, the fat which is around the intestines and the stomach of the animal. The ha'alya is the tail section not the tail itself, but the meat just above the tail, very fatty, which when a sheep, whether a male sheep, female sheep, ram, etc., are brought as a sacrifice, this fatty rear part of the animal is also offered on the Mizbeach. The uh, bull, shor, etc., cows do not have uh, this kind of a fatty section, or at least it is not, in their case, brought upon the Mizbeach. And also you want to take the other Emurim, the other parts which we have already learned are to be put 
upon the Mizbeach and caused to be made into smoke there, consumed by fire there. And they are the fat which covers the entrails, the Yosheres HaKoved, and the lobe of the liver, the protuberance of the liver, liver, the Eshte HaKloyos, the two kidneys, the Eshachelev Asher Aleihem, and the fat which is upon the kidneys, and then something most unusual, the Ace Shok Hayomin, the right thigh of the animal is also brought as a korban. Now, a normal, usual korban shlomim, the type of korban known as a shlomim. Uh, of that, much of the meat is given to the owner of the shlomim to eat. It's not put upon the altar, not consumed by fire. The breast, the choze, and the shok, the right thigh, shok hayomin, are given as a gift to the kohen to eat. Here, with this special example, the shok hayomin, the right thigh, is not given to the kohen to eat, but rather it is, together with the fat and the kloyos, the kovet, etc., is burnt upon the mizbeach. Ki el miluimhu. This ram is a special type of korban called the Eil Miluim. Miluim we've already seen means initiation, inauguration, ordination, installation. It serves the purpose of being a korban which is uh, initiating the Kohanim into their new role. Rashi points out the connection between the word Miluim, which means to fill, and the word shlomim, which means complete. And Rashi says that in many ways, this special korban, el hamiluim, resembles a korban shlomim. It resembles a korban shlomim because the korban shlomim indicates completeness. And here, something is being completed, namely a, a new role, a new function, a new status for the Kohanim. Rashi also says that a Korban Shlomim is called a Korban Shlomim because it's related to the word Shalom. Everybody has a piece of the action, so to speak, in a Korban Shlomim. Some of it is upon the Mizbeach and consumed by fire, that's for God. Some of it is eaten by the owner, that's for the owner. Some of it's eaten by the Kohanim, that's for the Kohanim. So everyone has some of it. Here too, as we will see, Everyone has some of it. All that we've just listed here in Pasuk of Beis is put upon the Mizbeach. However, we will soon learn that some of it was eaten by the Kohanim, by Aaron and his sons, and some of it eaten by Moshe, who functioned as a Kohen this one time. So that's why this is called the Eil Miluim. Now, all of this is placed upon the Mizbeach, as we will soon see. We're not told that yet. We're just told this is to be taken. But there's something else that's to be taken, and that is the breads. Again, something unusual. To take bread, loaves of bread, and put them upon the Mizbeach to be consumed by fire 
Not usually done, as Rashi stresses. Lo motzinu terumas lechem haboim zevach nikteres elazo bilvat. Normally, the breads that we study about are eaten or given to the Kohanim, but not put upon the Mizbeach. Here, we've learned of three types of bread. And of those three, there were ten breads each, thirty in total. So now, from one of those types of breads, you should take one loaf. And take one loaf of bread from the second type of bread, from what's called the Ruvucha. And one of the flat breads. So now of the 30, three sets of 10, you took one from each set of 10. Those three breads should be taken. Should be taken from the big basket containing all 30 breads. So now you have three breads and all the parts of the animal that are destined to be placed upon them as bayak to be consumed. Take all of this and put it into Aharon's hands, into Aharon's palms. The Alkape Vonov, and upon the palms of his sons. And you are to wave these, a waving. A waving, Rashi explains, means you take it and move it in the four directions front, back, left, right. Then Moshe, who's functioning as if he was a Kohen here, take all of these things, these various sections of meat, these emurim, and the three breads, take it from their hands, al here means in addition to the ola, in addition to the first ram which was totally consumed upon the Mizbeach, place these things, the above-mentioned things, upon the Mizbeach. So that this too should be pleasing to God. This is a fire offering to God. So that's one component of the Eil Miluim and the breads. The part that is put upon the Mizbeach and reduced to smoke, in other words, burnt upon the Mizbeach. Now we have other sections of the animal which have not yet been discussed. And of course we have 27 loaves of bread, nine of each type. So the Pesach now tells us, You, Moshe, should take the choze, the breastplate bone of the animal, which in all korbanos shlomim goes to the kohen and is eaten, not put upon the mizbeach, here too, it is eaten and not put upon the Mizbeach, but it would seem to be that this is a gift for Moshe to eat, qua Kohen. You, Moshe, should take this breastplate, bone, from the Korban, which is Aaron's Korban. Aaron and his sons are the Bailim, they are the owners, so to speak, of the Korban. Moshe, you are the Kohen, so to speak, of the Korban. You should perform this tenufa, this waving motion, with the choze as well. And it should be for you as a gift. This is a gift for Moshe. Moshe eats from...
from the Kodeshim. Unusual, once in history type of thing, but this is because Moshe is serving now in the capacity of a Kohen. Now, the Apostle continues and says that the you should sanctify or make special uh, the um, the breastplate bone which is waved the ace shokaturuma and the thigh bone which is raised upward asherhu nafa asherhu rom which have been waved and which have been lifted up me'el hamiluim from this special uh, ordination ram from Aaron and from his sons. These two gifts, these two sections of meat, the chozev or shok, the breastplate and the thigh bone, they belong to Aaron and his sons forever. And they are a gift, me'es b'nei Yisroel. They are a given, so to speak. They belong rightfully to the Baalim, to the owners of the Korban. The owners of the Korban own all of the meat except for that which is put upon the altar. But now they give as a gift, a truma gift, they raise it up and they give these two sections, the Chosav Ashok to the Kohen. Usruma Yihiyam So now we understand why Rashi stresses here on Pasuk Chof Zayin, that this special role of the Chozev or Shok is not something that we're not referring here to the specific Korban El Hamiluim which is now being offered because there we saw the Shok was put upon the Mizbeach but, but rather it's referring to all future Korban Shlomim when the Chozev and the Shok were given as a gift to the Kohanim to partake of. Uvigde Hakodesh Asheli Aaron Yulavonavachrov Moshkovahem Ulamalevomes Yodom. Now the Pasak suddenly moves away from the sacrifice and gets back to the articles of clothing and says that these articles of clothing should be Lemoshkovohem. And Rashi stresses here that Moshko here does not mean to anoint but rather it means to elevate, to ennoble, to make high. Moshcha ligdula. It means to elevate, to promote. Loshen sroro. Rashi in Tehillim, uh, on the posuk, al tigu bimishichoi, uh, uh, translates that to mean, al tigu bigidolai. Mashiach doesn't necessarily mean the anointed one, it means the great one. So here the clothing is something to elevate Aharon. Here I must share with you a beautiful thought of the Nitziv, which I think is certainly deals with an issue related to the simple pshat of the Pesach. Because as we read these psukim, and we're reading all the details about the sections of meat and the breads, etc., etc., which we will soon return to in, in, in Pesach Lamed Aleph, here in Pasuk Haftes, Pasuk Lamed, we're back to the clothing of Aaron. What's the sequence here? So, the Nitziv writes, the Nitziv Mevar in his classic commentary, HaMek Dovo, 
says that this posuk are here in the middle are placed these psukim are placed here in the middle of the discussion of the elamiluim because later we will learn that it is the uh, participation in this sacrifice which inaugurates the kohanim however future kohanim are not inaugurated into their job with sacrifices with the el hamiluim this is a once in history type of thing for the very first set of kohanim what inaugurates future kohanim when they put on the clothing for the first time that is their special inauguration so that's what the Pesach is telling us here. That when it comes to the future, there is no El HaMiluim. There is no Miluim ceremony with the breads and with the three sacrifices, etc. What there is, the Malevomes Yodom, is the putting on of the clothing, which they should do, Pesach Lamed. Shivas Yomim, Rashi says, seven consecutive days. Yilboshom HaKohen Tachtov Mibonov. All future Kohanim Gedolim, when they are inaugurated into their new position, they wear for seven consecutive days the clothing. When they come to serve in the Beis Hamikdash. Now, we understand why the Pasuk now switches back to the Korbanos. We have a little parentheses in Psukim Chavtes and Laman. Future Future miluim is with the clothing, not with karbonos. But now let's get back to the korban itself. We've already seen what's done with the emurim, with those parts which are put upon the mizbeach, which here include the chelev shal hadakim va'al hakevo, which include the alyo, and which include the shokayomin. And we also learned about what is given to the kohen, in this case, just the chozet. And the Kohen, in this case, being Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, what about the rest of the meat? The Eis, El HaMiluim Tikor, take what's left over, which is a substantial amount of meat. Uvishalto es pisoro b'mokom kadosh. Cook it in a holy place, meaning cook it in the temple courtyard, which is again unusual, because if this is a korban shlomim, a korban shlomim can be cooked and eaten outside the temple courtyard within the confines of all of Yerushalayim with the, with the entire Machane Shechina. Here it's eaten, it's cooked, and in the next Pesach it is eaten, Pesach Ohel Moed. So this is a Shlomim, but not quite a Shlomim. It's a little bit different in a sense from uh, the Korban Shlomim. And as Rashi stresses, HaShlomim Halolu this Shlomim, the El HaMiluim, was not Kodeshim Kalim, minor uh, level sacrificial offerings, but rather Kodeshim Kodoshim, Holy of Holies sacrificial offering, and could only be eaten in the temple courtyard, or in this case the tabernacle courtyard, the Mishkan courtyard itself. Aaron doesn't only eat the meat, he also eats Pasuk Lamed Beis, the the other 27 loaves. Who eats them? Those who are achieving forgiveness for this. And Rashi says, the forgiveness here is for all improper actions, which they may have done, are all 
forgiven through this act of partaking in the eating of the bosor, of the meat, and of the three loaves, I'm sorry, the 27 loaves of bread. No non-Kohen can eat this. These are Kodesh, this is Kodesh Kodoshim, nothing for no one else except uh, for uh, Aaron. If there should be some leftover of the meat and of the 27 breads, that leftover, that leftover is burned in fire, because this is the halacha, but something is left over beyond its specified time, it has to be um, destroyed by fire. The Meshech Chochmohum, I don't think I've quoted in my presentations because I try to stick to the simplest pshat, but here the Meshech Chochmohum says something which I think is simple pshat. And that is, you notice there is no azhara, there is no warning to the Kohanim, hey, eat it all up, don't leave any over, but if there's left over, burn it. No, it just says, if there's left over, burn it. There's no warning not to leave it over. And the reason suggests Meshech Ochmah, that the reason is because of course there's going to be left over. How many people are eating here? It's only Aaron and four sons, five people. They have to eat an entire ram, the flesh of an entire ram, plus 27 breads, and they have to eat it all in a specified limited time? How could that be? If they stuff themselves and just stuff it all down, writes the Meshech Ochmah, that would be what's called an Achila Gasa. That's not eating, that's what we would say in Yiddish, that's fressing, that's overeating, that's just stuffing food down, and that is not the proper way to eat a carbon. The carbon has to be eaten in a normal way. And therefore they were not told, don't leave any over. Because most probably you will have some left over. And if you do, burn it, destroy it. Torah continues. You should do to Aaron and his sons exactly the way I told you. Exactly the way I told you. And Rashi says, the repetition here is, Shina The Torah here is repeating itself again and again because it's got to be done this way, exactly this way. So now we see how the El uh, Hamiluim has been... Um, disposed of, has been treated, has been divided, uh, and some of it eaten, some of it given to Moshe, some of it consumed upon the Mizbeach. Now the Torah concludes this parsha, getting back to the par, the bull, with three korbanos here, the bull which essentially was a korban chatos, a sin offering, the first ayel which was a, a korban ola, burnt offering, and the second ayel, which was a quasi-shlomim offering. Now back to the first offering, the chatos offering. Ufar chatos ta'as elayom alakipurim. This too should be done every day. Uh, I didn't stress in Pasuk Lamed, hey, I'm sorry. Shivas yomim tamale yodom. This procedure is done again and again and again for seven days. Similarly, the bull offering, the, the sin offering, is also to be done, is also to be done each day. And thereby you purify the Mizbeach, 
as you bring about forgiveness for the Mizbeach, and you should anoint it um, with with oil um, to 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 sanctify it. This is how you sanctify the mizbeach by anointing it with oil. Shivas yomim for seven consecutive days you should bring about this forgiveness of cleansing and um, purifying the mizbeach. Vikidash also and you sanctify it. So that the altar of the Mizbeach will be holy of holies. Whoever touches the Mizbeach, Yikdosh. Now what does this mean? Rashi quotes Chazal that means that if something is placed upon the Mizbeach which is not a kosher korban, it is a korban puzzle. But once it's on the Mizbeach, leave it there. Im olu lo yerdu. If something, something goes wrong in the process of bringing a korban, and the korban becomes pigul, a korban becomes posel in some way, then, and that meat is mistakenly put upon the top of the Mizbeach to be burnt, leave it there. Im olu lo yerdu. There are animals which, if they're totally, totally invalid for a korban, let's say an animal which is not even a deer, let's say, or an animal which is a palmum, or an animal which is a rova, a nirva, a muktzav, a neva, a trefa, etc., if those animals which became possible before they even entered the sanctuary, then if they're mistakenly or intentionally brought into the Mishkan or Mikdosh, and placed upon the Mizbeach im olu yerdu. They should be taken down. But if something is psulo bakodesh, if something has become invalidated, in the process of the korban, something went wrong, and that was put upon the Mizbeach, then kol hanogeah bamizbeach, everything up there, yikdosh stays up there, stays holy. Interestingly, however, the Targum Yonason has a different meaning entirely for the words and Ibn Ezra and Rashbam follow this approach. And that is whoever wants to get close to the Mizbeach, you want the Kohen wants to get close to the Mizbeach, then Yikdosh, he must prepare himself. He must sanctify himself in order to become a Nogeya Bamizbeach. A person who wants to come near to the Mizbeach, wants to be a Nogeyab HaMizbeach, Yiktosh, then he must first be Mekadesh and Metaher himself. And so we have reached Shishi. And we have reached the climax, the culmination of this majestic procedure of the installation of the Kohanim and its many parts a seven-day process, shivas yimei amiluim, seven days of installation of inauguration, with these carbonos being brought every single day, day by day. Moshe as the kohen, the kohanim as the baalim, and I guess the audience of the Jewish people looking on. So we have reached shishi.